0: So, in answering these questions, right, you and I came across um, this portion of Scripture in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, that honestly doesn't just answer a lot of questions about relationships, it answers a lot of questions about a Christian's life, a follower of Jesus' life. And so, what I thought would be a great idea is to read that, but before we read that, I believe context is king, right? So, I've been on this kick for a while that context is king, you have to know who wrote it, why they wrote it, who it's written to... The purpose behind it, because if not, you miss a lot of the intricacies of what they're trying to say, and we can take things out of context. Like right now with the war, you got people that are prof- prophetic this and prophetic that. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm like a, I'm for the prophetic, and I'm not saying all that stuff's wrong. I'm just saying a lot of a lot of times we can miss who it was written to and why it was written and the purpose of it, and we can make it something God never said. And we got to understand all the details of all that stuff right now. So I'm just telling you. So 1 Peter is the first letter of Peter written to persecuted Christians. So when you hear what we're going to read in a minute, you got to hear that. Persecuted Christians that are being arrested and beaten and all this bad stuff going on in their life, right? And so with all of that happening, um, this is what Peter's saying. I want you to emulate Christ. I want you to be Christ in the toughest moments of your life and here's what that looks like right but it actually answers a lot of questions about how we are to live our life in marriage outside of marriage and just in 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 general loving Jesus will you read 1 Peter 2:11 and 12 for me please yes
1: dear friends i urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers listen to this, they will observe your good works and they will glorify God on the day He visits.
0: In other words, here's what he's saying. Come on. I know you're being persecuted. Yeah. I know it's difficult. I know nobody believes the faith that you say you have. Come on. I know they look at you like you're crazy. I know they hate you, but live your life so lovingly and so sacrificially and so selflessly and so committed to Jesus that they have no point. They have no other option other than to go, they are either crazy or there's something to what they say, and I want what they got because they are so crazy about it. That's the prayer of my life. In the prayer of this church. And it honestly answers a lot of our questions today. And you'll hear us reference this a lot. So let me go ahead. Let's get started with the questions. We got seven questions. We're going to, it's rapid fire. So we're going to go as fast as we can. We're going to dig as deep as we can. You need to come back Saturday for more depth. I'm, de- I'm dead serious. And uh, y'all, you're going to want to take notes and go back and watch this. All right. So here's the first question. You're going to start because you're smarter than me. So you're going to start. Here we go. And it's okay to laugh and, like, just, like, we're going to have a good time today, okay? How can I honor God? These are real questions from y'all. How can I honor God in my marriage when one of us doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? Mm. They won't come to church, and I feel called to even serve the church, but my spouse doesn't see this, the point wow. in it. Right. Great question. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal question.
1: First, have you prayed for him or her? Yeah. You know, pray. That's always you know, that's usually our last, what do you say, response or resort, but it should be our first priority to go to Jesus about him or her. Um, And a lot of times when we give advice to people, this goes a lot with what we were just reading, um, but a lot of times when we give advice to people on this like, you know, well, I, want, I, I really want to live a holy life, a set-apart life, but my husband's not, or my fiance's not, or the person I love is not. We say, well, you know what? Just be that example, right? Let them see your fruits, and be what you want to see is what is the cool thing we say. But, you know, I think we need to rephrase that and go back to the beginning in Genesis, and we need to say, you know what? Be who you are made. To be. Be who you were created to be. If you look in Genesis 1 it says, let us make man in our image. So God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, they, he made us in his image and his likeness to live like him. And a lot of times we're like, you know, I've heard this said, but you know that song that we like by Bruno Mars? It's like, girl, you're amazing just, just the way you are. Well, a lot of times, that's not what we're speaking to them, you're right? We're saying, I'm saying, boy, you're amazing if you just put down your phone, right? Right? And we're like, we're trying it's to make... It's just got personal. Hold on, sorry. I didn't say that in the 830. But a lot of times, <laughs> we're trying... To make them what we want them to be, yeah. but the point is, He made Him, God made Him in His image. And the best thing I can do is to walk in who God's created me to Girl, be. You better preach. in front of you, right? Come on, and if so, listen to this, I'm gonna go to scripture. So, if someone you love doesn't love Jesus, first Peter 3 1, listen to this, so good. It says, in the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, even if he or she is not living in the image of God, right? They may be won over by you yelling at them. Mm, Nope. They may be won over without a word by the way they live, by the Come way on. their wives live, by so the good. way their husbands live, fill in the blank, whoever it is that you love that aren't living like you want to live so good. or like he created us to live. Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
0: it, and it's so good. And I would say this. I know it says specifically Wives. Submit to your husbands. Yep. It's talking to wives, and there's actually cultural context on why that is written that way. I want to tell you in today's world that the Bible wasn't written for you, uh, to you, but for you. Yeah. So every letter wasn't written with your name on it. It wasn't written to you. First Peter wasn't written to you, but it can be written for you. And so we have to go. It might not have been written to me, but there's something in here that, as husbands, we can live yeah. our lives. Right in such a response to his life that now it changes her life. Yeah. You follow what I'm I saying? I
1: love that, yep.
0: And so we've got to get this thing all the way across the board. It's a yep. 360, right? It's I mean, so it's so the
1: answer to the question. Yeah. Like, you will win them over Without a word, yep. but the way that you live, the message is enough.
0: Let, let me say right? one more thing, and then I'm going to go to question two so Let's we go. can keep rolling. But it says, I want to serve the church, but my spouse doesn't see the point in it. Can I speak to men for a second? For real. Not to this man, because I don't know this man, so I cannot speak to this context or this situation. Men. I hear from men and women in this church all the time that they are guilted for serving the kingdom of God at a church. Men. If you do that, you should be ashamed. And I'm going to tell you why. I know that's a bold statement. Some of you are like, don't you dare talk to me like that. I needed somebody to talk to me like that. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell you why you should be ashamed. Because our job is not to dictate her life. Our job is to support what God's called her to do. And if God's called her to serve, you support her serving. It doesn't matter. It do- You're okay with her working a job that you don't like as long as it brings in the money. So we better be okay with her serving even if we don't understand the kingdom of God. Be okay with her serving it even if it doesn't bring in the money, but it brings in the glory. You better come on with that. I'm just telling you, <laughs> men, we better support. We better support. I'm, and I'm speaking as a man that has struggled with that in his life. A man that has struggled with that in his life. Here's, here's a question. I love you, though. Number two. There's my uh, personality coming out. Shaniqua, counselor here. How? <laughs> <I, laughs> She's like, here we go. All right. Number two, how do we apply godly biblical principles and biblical principles when we have unprocessed trauma? It comes out, and it comes out in arguments, pride, fear, rejection, and abandonment issues in our relationship. Come on. Come on. You are the perfect, like, seriously, you have got so much wisdom in this. So,
1: oh, not perfect. Um, Perfect person. I think that the reason you say that I'm a good person to answer this question, just because we both did that. You know, we both brought in the stuff, right? We just, and I mean, I I believe everybody, I mean, you get out of a relationship what you carry into it. Mm -hmm. You do. And at first it feels so good. And then you're like, oh my goodness, it's not like the movies, you know, (laughs) it's not. But it can't I mean it can be actually greater with God. But I mean you're gonna have it's not always rainbows and butterflies and all the things. But um, anyways, the way that you deal with it though, you well, the way that you t- to answer this question, you deal with it. Like you whatever you have brought in, you know, fear, rejection, which I brought a lot of that in, and I didn't realize actually all of the issues and just stuff that I clung to the baggage that I brought in right because you get what you carry in we we just kind of kept it to the side like y'all like what are those bags doing why she got this little suitcase going on but I got more oh see see this is this is what you got to do okay so he we get what we brought in but in the beginning again it's just it's so good and I'm like oh you got that too you got that You got that? Okay. So, But this is how you deal with all that. You got to unpack it. You can't slide it under the bed. You can't slide it under the rug. It happened to you. You brought it into your relationship. You got more? Yeah, I got more. Okay. Wow. Uh, Anyways, so you get, you know, and I've got some too. I don't need to be telling him, you know, that he needs to get it straight. But you got to unpack it. We had some deeply, deeply rooted issues that I didn't even realize that, you know, I was carrying into our marriage and you know what made me realize it? It was going to a marriage one day. (coughs) Not even, no, no, no. Like, I mean, shameless plug, but seriously, we went after three years into marriage, we went to a marriage one day and we sat and we listened and we were challenged and yeah. we were told to pray together and we were told to write a letter that had a b c and d in it and we read that letter and we wept and we found out things that we had brought in that we never unpacked until 3 yeah. years after we were married you've got to talk about it you've got to communicate and be willing to endure together like the stress it's going to bring and Go see somebody, too, because yeah. a lot of it is deeper than you think it is. And we know a girl or a man. We know all kinds of people that we can hook you up with that will help point you to Jesus and yeah. help you get rid of these things that you've been carrying in. Because I want to tell you something that I did not like, that he always said, right, right, when, when this, when the bag opened up again and here it goes, here's what he said, here we go again. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't even change because you just expected me to open it up. You know what I'm saying? And so when things come up, you know, decide you're going to stand for biblical principles. As for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, and it's not, oh, here we go again. It's let's pray again and again and again because my God is bigger than what's in that bag. Right. Yes. Do we believe what we're singing about him? Come on. He can do it, y'all. Amen. If he can help us unpack our bags, he can unpack yours.
0: And we and took, he can yeah. take it. He it. We took it. the next couple of years to unpack that. Let me Ooh. say something. We're going to number three. And we're three. better
1: than ever. We're better Almost than we've ever been. 14 years.
0: Yeah. You got it right this time. We Good.
1: are. Y'all, I got it wrong. First service,
0: you got it wrong. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <sighs>
1: Thank you. Let me just
0: say. Counseling is nothing to be afraid of, and in fact, my mentor, Pastor Daniel Floyd, uh, my pastor, he's on our board of overseers here, uh, and he's actually going to be with us March 20th for a 10-year birthday right here.
1: That's awesome. Ten.
0: He said something to me one time that impacted my life so deeply. It it, it challenged us to do something. Uh, He said, it's better to get stronger when you're healthy than when you're sick. And he was like, when your marriage is a good place, go to counseling and get help. Because when you're sick, you're trying to get strong. But when you're healthy, you are already strong. And you're getting stronger. And stay. Megan and I, we're like, I'm going to say this. I just want to say we're good. We good. Like we, we're better than we've ever been as a couple. Um, but the reality is, is we go to counseling every month together. Because we're good, and I want to stay good. And I want to finish with my wife and my kids and my Jesus, Come you know on. what I'm saying? And my yes. church. And uh, so anyway, all right, here's number three. You want to read it or you want me to? I'll read it. Okay, all right, number three. This one's my you're turn. you're going to
1: answer it. Help.
0: Yeah. Help. So
1: it was real big on the card. How do you keep dating after being together for a long time? We seem to be more like roommates than spouses. How do we get our passion back?
0: Okay. I actually get this question personally a lot. You yeah. get it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we get this question all the time and it's this, you have as much time as you want to have for what's important to you. I hate this phrase. I don't have time. You got the same 24 hours in a day. The person next to you has, you may have more things in your life, but watch this. You make time for what's important. We all do. I make time for what's important. Some of us need to go home today and look at our spouse and go. I'm sorry that I haven't made time for you. When you don't make time for something, can I tell you something? That means it's not a priority in your life. What is a priority gets your focus. I had to learn this about two and a half, three years ago. I thought she was a priority because to me she was. Time investment, emotional investment, physical investment, all that, she was not. I had to learn to go, this has to go, she comes to first, she gets my first priority, she gets my first energy, she don't get my attitude problem, they'll get my attitude problem before she gets my attitude problem, you see what I'm saying, priority is what changes all of that, you got to learn to date, right, so what happened for us is we would go on dates when we had time, I ain't ever got time, y'all, can I tell you, I had to learn this because not only do I pastor this church, but I have a group of pastors that I pour into. I lead a network of churches and pastors called the Acts 2 Network, right? I lead all that stuff, and I got other things pulling at me, not, and I'm the assistant coach to my son's baseball team. Thanks, Matt, for reining me into that. Like, all that stuff. I can easily go, I ain't got time. But I ain't telling her that. Because if she needs me, that's my wife. She's not an option. She's a priority. And what I had to learn was this. Uh, Date night can't be an option. It has to be intentional. So we go on dates every other week. And if it has to change, we have conversations about it. We go on dates every other week. Now, here's what you have to know. It's a budget item. You got to pay a babysitter. You got to go out. And when we go on dates, can I tell you something? We don't go to Wendy's. That was our first date. That ain't our current date. (laughs) I ain't like, hey, let me put on some basketball shorts, a T-shirt, and a hat, and we're going to go somewhere. On our breakfast days, on Fridays, we may do that. But I, why, when I'm dating, trying to get her attention, do I stand up in front of a mirror and go, boy, you, mm, She going to drool when she, I put on my best cologne, you know, I'm looking fly, I'm looking good. When we get married, it's like, let me just get through this thing. Oh, come on. Why don't you dress so that your spouse has somebody to drool over? Put on your cologne that you don't wear for nobody else. Put on that little short skirt that he loves for you to wear. I'm being dead serious right now. Impress each other. Impress it. Well, what if other people look? It ain't for them. Who's it for? Him? Her? You got to impress each other. Do that for each other. You know why? This is a TMI for some of y'all. I'm gonna say it anyway. You know why I go to? The, I've told you this. You know why I go to the gym? Cause I want to take my shirt off on the beach and her sit back in her chair and go, "Good God Almighty, that's mine right there." <laughs> I have not accomplished that yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
1: And you're, I wanted to say this: I, you have accomplished that first, and second of all, um, I love you. Uh, you do, It doesn't have to be costly. Like if you struggle, if you got seven kids, and you, I mean, it just costs like hundred dollar. Yeah, get them Put to them bed, bed at five thirty and go. Mm. Yeah
0: see hey kid like here's a trick put the blackout curtains up and go sun's down y'all it's 5 30 i don't know what happened today
1: (laughs) don't be lying mom and dad
0: gonna eat y'all go to sleep
1: (laughs) don't lie to your kids
0: okay never mind i could keep going with that all right i'm gonna stop anyway that's how you do it you make you make intentional time let's keep going because we got to get through number seven six really all right i'm gonna go quick on these all right now this one it's gonna make you perk up. You ready? Number four, what about relationships that aren't heterosexual? How do you navigate God's principles and values when you identify in this when, when you identify this way in this situation? This the air just got sucked out of every room that we're sitting in right now. Our stream. Here's the reality. I want to say this first and foremost. My answer does not change one thing. It does not change how much I love you and how much God loves you. That's right. I just want you to know that. My answer doesn't change that. So if you're asking that to di- dictate whether God loves you or not, or if you're welcome in this church or not, it, it doesn't change any of that. I want you to hear that first and foremost. I love okay. you so much. I do not care. Good. I, I care, but I love you anyway. It doesn't di- change that. Right. But as a pastor that is leading a church to follow God's principles, I cannot say John 3.16 is real. And the other scriptures that talk against that are not. I don't get to have the final authority. God does. Just like he does on alcoholism. Just like he does on drug addiction. Just like he does on lust. Just like he does on gluttony. Overeating. Not taking care of my body. That is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He gets the final authority on that. So please follow me. I love everybody in all of those situations. How, what about relationships? Homosexuality biblically is not right. But it does not mean that you're going to spontaneously combust and go straight to hell whenever you walk into a church. And it does not mean that you are not welcome here. And it does not mean that you cannot find a group of people that love you here. Because here's the reality. We say you matter because we want to walk people through it all. And we have to make a decision within ourselves. This isn't between me me and you. This is between you and God, first of all. It's just like the man that struggles or the woman that struggles with lust and they have that situation. Can I tell you, they have to make the decision to not give in to it. To go, I will not look at that woman who's showing half of her butt and I struggle with that. Right? I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just going extreme on purpose. I will not look at that man that looks like that if he's not my husband because I struggle with that. It's the same thing. I will stay away from alcohol, although alcohol in and of itself in spare, in rarity, may not be bad. The indulgence of it is, and I struggle with the indulgence of it, so I will stay away from it. Are you following what I'm saying? We've got to learn that it is okay to go, I want that, but God doesn't want that, so I stay away from that. Be even if I want that. And we live in a world where Christianity is all about do what makes you happy. God is not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned about your holiness. All right. And that's in every frame of the imagination. We have a gentleman at this church that you know that struggled with this in his in, in, in his, I guess, teen years or before that, struggled with this mightily and made a decision. That is not what God wants for him. He is married with kids that he loves dearly. He loves his wife. He is, desires his wife because he, desi- he said, what is 2 Peter, 1 Peter Chapter 2, verse 11? It says, abstain from fleshly desires that wage wars against your soul. Negativity, alcoholism, drug addiction, homosexuality, you can f- gluttony, all that stuff is in that. So I want you to know, this is a polarizing topic that I get all the time. Our stance is, we do not agree with it. I do not agree with it. My stance is, I love you anyway. My stance is, we got a seat for you anyway. My stance is, we got a hug for you anyway. My stance is, we, are not, we will not kick you out. We want you in. And we love you in the name of Jesus anyway. Are you with me on that? Are we good? I know some of y'all are like, Okay, like, didn't see that coming. It's a conversation we gotta have. So you know where we stand, all right? All right, so um, number five. Is this, okay. I'm gonna go through these quick, babe. Five and six are gonna go quick. You ready? This is mine. Six is yours. How can we say celibate until our wedding day? To honor God. Now, Now, it goes right back to the previous conversation we just had, right? I want something, but how do I not how do I keep myself from it until the right time? Simply because God asked me to, and I want to do things God's way. And watch this. If I call myself a follower of Jesus, I don't get to look at him and go, hey, you're wrong about that. I want that, so I'm gonna do it anyway. Wow. I don't get to do that. Nope. I'm not God. He is, right? So how do we say, celibate to our wedding day and honor God. Will God punish me if I've had sex outside of marriage? Number one, Megan and I have a unique story. Uh, that a lot of people don't have, and that's okay. You don't need my story. We stayed pure until our wedding day. Like, we were individually great until our wedding day, right? And we dated for three years, and we stayed pure and celibate, and we did not do any of that. Um, I did not do that for 25 years, 23 years for you, three years of dating. How do you stay away from that? Run! (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, but not really. Like... Stay out of those situations, right? You gotta like do what you gotta choose your heart. And what I mean by that is you gotta decide do I wanna go against what God has asked me to do to have a, B- a biblical marriage and relationship right now, or do I wanna do it anyway and then go, I gotta deal with the other stuff on the other side? You get to decide that, not me, right? right? It goes back to the same conversation. How do you do it? Just stay out of this conversation. Just say, and set the boundaries ahead of time. We had that conversation early. And there were times where she had to look at me and be like, don't look at me like that. And there were times I'd have to look at her and be like, I'm going home. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'm not. I'm kidding, but I'm not. You
1: are serious.
0: But like, you got to have somebody that holds that yes. uh, for you and, and holds you accountable to that. And uh, y'all, it is God's way. I know it is popular to go, I ain't what God wants. I, want, I can have sex now. No, it's made for marriage. It's made for marriage. And the reason is it draws you closer and it creates attachments that you can't get rid of. And that's why you go into relationships with this and can't figure out why you have trust issues with him. It's because you have an attachment to somebody you're not even married to. And you got to work through that stuff. Now, will God punish you for doing that? I think God forgives anything. That's our God. But watch this. I'll give you this and then we got to go to number six. It's King David. King David was called a what? A man after... God's own heart. Love it, right? That sounds great. But what we fail to remember in that moment is King David slept with Bathsheba. That was not his wife. It was his friend's wife. And then he got his friend killed. And then he had a a child out of wedlock. But yet God still said he's a man after God's own heart. So all of us would go, yeah, he was probably forgiven, right? Yeah. Sure. But his son still died. It was a worldly consequence. Why? Because God can forgive your sin but not relieve your consequence. Can. That's why you can accept Jesus serving a life sentence in prison after you've killed somebody, and your sin can be forgiven, but your, your sentence still has to be served. It's not that God wants to punish you. No. It's that if something happens in the world, just because we give our life to Jesus doesn't relieve everything. No. It forgives. Absolutely. Are you following me today? And so, like, if I sleep with somebody and I contract an STD, that's an extreme but I contract an STD. That doesn't mean God's gonna automatically take that away and God's like, I'm punishing you. No, that's just the world. That's just the world. That's just how things happen, right? And so I just want you to know, God forgives anything. Will God punish you? I don't think God will punish you for it, but you might have to walk through a circumstance that you thought he would relieve you from. You know, I'm sure David thought he'll spare my son, but he never did. Why? There's a worldly consequence. Are you with me today? Does that make sense? Yeah. To anything? All right, good. All right, number six. Let's go. Um, and remember this too: your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to take care of it. Yeah. You wouldn't want the Holy Spirit living in a shack. So stop shacking up. All right. Take take advantage yeah. of of the fact that it's a temple. Good. Are you? I love nice. you. Are you with me? Are we good? Are we okay? So good. Everybody went. Oh. oh. Again, I don't know what you're doing in private, and I probably don't want to know. I love you anyway. Number six. Here we go. (laughs) Number six. What do you do, Megan, when you're married, Uh, when you want to marry somebody but you're afraid of the next step? You're not good at forgiving or leaving the past in the past. And how can we get better at communication? All right. Quick.
1: Yes, we got to go. So I'm going to say this. First of all, do it afraid. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes you do. Sometimes, Sometimes, yes. Sometimes the next step is right, and it's scary, you know? But I want to say this, too, something that I'm consistently learning, that forgiveness and trust are different. You can Mm, forgive someone, you know, without them saying sorry. You can forgive a situation. You can forgive the person who put you in that situation. Whatever, I mean... Whatever keeps coming up, you can like you can accept forgiveness without them saying sorry. Let That's me good. say that. That's good. Trust is uh, you know, um constantly like being rebuilt, yeah. you know, but you can still forgive That's and good. and and get through. Um I will say the communicating part, uh first Peter again three, three. Listen to this. That's good. Um it says Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold, jewelry, or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart. The imperishable quality, listen to this, men and women, of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Mm. We should be living from the inside out. Yeah. Right? Right? And when we focus on, you know, the inside being, you know, that who cares what you brought in? I mean, we care, but who cares like about the past? Like the past is the past, right? And because of Jesus, we can leave it there. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's right. And so you got to move forward in the image of God. And the way that you communicate it matters. You've said this. It's not what you say; it's how you say it, right? And in the Bible, it, it talks about that what is so, uh, of such great worth in God's sight is in we when we have a gentle, quiet spirit. Not put your phone down, you know. That one's that I said that twice. That yeah. might be something. We I need think to you're talk trying to get through, a point across. Talk through that one. But you know, think about this is the one phrase I can tell you this. I love thinking like this when I'm in communication and just We just can't even talk about anything because there's so much baggage and, you know, we're afraid of the next step, whatever it is um, that you're carrying. I I always think with the end in mind, you know, where is this going to lead to? Yes, you're right. Jesus got angry. But his anger led to healing and restoration. Are you approaching your spouse Dang. or the one that you love with, um, with a gentle, quiet spirit? Like, babe, like That's let's good. talk about this, you know? like, And, and you've got to be, again, that word endure keeps coming up. Yeah. There was a, a, a song, real quick, that I sang. I'm not going to sing it, but I sang it at our wedding day. And it says, forever always seems to be around when things begin, but forever never really seems to be around when it ends. Think with the end in mind. If you want to get through together, you know, offer forgiveness. If you're made in the image of God, forgiveness is a free gift.
0: Yeah, that's good. And it's so
1: easy for us to accept Especially when we're like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. like oh, da, da, da. I did A, B, C, and D, but it's so hard for us to freely give. And when we're made in the image of God, goes back to the very first scripture we read. By the way that we live, when we live in our identity, when we identify as a son or daughter of a king. Mm. Forgiveness comes free. It's really good. And you got to unpack that baggage and you got to walk it out together. That's good. And when you're not gentle and quiet, because we are not always, we are not perfect. We are not put together. We are not always gentle and quiet as my children. And <laughs> we, but we, we say Don't. sorry.
0: It's Don't okay to them. say
1: sorry. And for them to see you, even if you have kids, like to see you get better. But anyways, really fight fair, endure together.
0: That's really good. That's really good. So good. All right. Last one. Y'all ready? I'm going to answer this one with one phrase, but I will not expand on it until we get to Saturday. Until
1: Saturday. Right?
0: So if you're in high school, middle school, and you're sitting around your parents, you might want to plug your ears real quick. All right?
1: You'll need to know one day.
0: How often should a married couple have sex? I actually got this one multiple times in different ways. Some of y'all are like, (laughs) it's awkward, right? And I said, it's not in here. It's not in here. As much as possible. Yeah, (laughs) Praise Ah. God. As much as you can, now I told Megan I was going to say that. Hilarious. She said, "She said, does the Bible talk about that?" I was like, "Oh, contraire, can I say my say dear." How many
1: times we got to save this for yes Saturday? Yes, it do. Hang, Hang on, I'm going to read this
0: scripture. Men, ladies, write this scripture down and and just recite it. You're welcome. Oh my! god. First Corinthians seven five. Stop depriving one another. <laughs> See you Saturday. No. <laughs> Stop. Stop depriving one another except for by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer And come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control How often do you have sex as much as you can somebody said well It depends on the day she's had and if she's got enough Tylenol and what she feels like as much as you can now Listen, I understand all that We're gonna talk more about it because there is the Bible does say a lot about sex in marriage and outside of marriage We talked a little bit about that today. Stay away from it If you're not in marriage if you're in marriage stay as close to it as you can because it brings that, your relationship dude. together, makes it's it better dead. than it's ever been. Like, for real, it, 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 there's biblical and spiritual concepts to this whole thing. We are going to talk more about that. Some of y'all are like, I ain't come Saturday because I not want to talk more about that. Some <laughs> of y'all are like, nah, babe, we good. Not, you need to be there, I promise. It's going to be really good. It's not just about sex, I promise. Um, but I did want to do that, as a, as, just to end it on a light note. Listen, I hope today has been incredibly helpful yeah. to you. I yeah. hope has it, has it helped anybody in the room today at all? Good job. You (laughs) can.